Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Gary. Um, pastor here with my wife, Jane, and it's great to see so many beautiful, smiling faces this morning. Just before I kick into the sermon this morning, uh, to let you know that there are sermon notes available for this morning's message. Uh, you should have got some when you came in uh, to church. If you didn't, let, put your hand up and our hosts will grab some and put uh, into your hand. There's just Deborah down the front. You can also uh, access the sermon notes through Version, which is a Bible app on your smartphone. If you have the Version app, you can uh, go to events and then type in find, uh, like in the find part, you type in Infuse Church and you'll see that there's a live event happening right now. That's here. And that's what the, uh, the notes look like on your iPhone. For those of you who have binoculars, you can probably see that quite clearly. Cool. Well, Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your wonderful presence. And we want to celebrate you, our Father. I pray especially for those this morning that uh, maybe their father's not around, either through having passed away or he's an absent father or having been in a dysfunctional family that there's separation, I pray for your comfort and your peace with every single one of us. No matter where our fathers are or the type of relationship that we have with them, I ask you that you, Holy Spirit, would come and and bring comfort. I thank you for that. I also pray, Father, this morning that as we sit under your word that you'd uh, help us to see new truths about who you are and the things that you've done and orchestrated for us, your people. I thank you that you do that in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. And everyone said, Amen. Now, this morning, um, this is completely unrelated to the message, but there are some, uh, there's a, a, a brochure type thing that I have here that has the 21 names of God and their meanings. Okay? There is only a limited number, and the first ones that come up to me after the service can grab one. They're just here, so help yourselves. Completely free of charge, just help yourselves. It's just something to resource you on the wonderful names of God this morning. So we're starting a a new series this morning. I'm a little bit ringy up here uh, in the back. Thanks, Pete. Um, Starting a new series this morning on the names of God. So we're going to be going through and tracking through this through the month of September. And uh, just want to encourage you to dig into it and to... uh, sit under and start to understand what, uh, what God's Word is saying. The uh, sermon notes that I handed out this morning, there are questions in there, no matter whether you've got the version app or the handout that you were given into your hands. Now, those questions um, really aren't designed to um, like test your knowledge of the sermon. It's more to dig down on what you really believe and why you believe what you believe. It's uh, an opportunity for you to just sort of like... Um, Ask God throughout this week, um, Lord, wh- wh- why do I believe this? What, what's happening about this particular thing here that the questions are designed to ask? So just encourage you to, to track through with that this morning. So as a culture, we actually give great care and thought to the names of our kids, cities, towns, uh, lots of things. And we do that because there is such great power in a name. A psychiatrist actually did a study of 15,000 troubled youth and uh, he discovered that those with an odd or an embarrassing name were 
likely to be in trouble four times more than a person with just a normal name. Now, I don't know if you can put any weight in that, but it's just a study that they did. Just so that you know, my name, uh, my first two names are Gary Michael. So Gary means spear, bold spear. It means gentle and modest, (laughs) brave. That's what it means. Uh, Michael means poor, humble. It also means who is like God, gift from God. So the meaning of my name is, 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 in effect, is this. I'm a gift from God that's going to humbly and gently spear you. (laughs) There's power in a name. You know what I mean? There's power in a name. Some of us had nicknames when we were growing up. It was usually based upon something stupid that we'd done and got caught. Or it was something exceptional that we'd done. Something maybe, it was the shortening of our a name somehow. I usually ended up Gazza or Gaz. Uh, Leachy is another one because my last name is Leach. So it's like big stretch, Leachy, Leach, you know. With certain generations, names were popular. A couple of generations ago, names like Bob, Charles, they were all popular uh, names at that time. Uh, during the 60s, lots of people actually rebelled against the names of their parents. They actually did a survey uh, of people who lived in the hippie era of some names that their parents actually called their children. Names such as, how would you like this one, Rachel? Carrot. Or, or, or sunshine. Fender. You like that? <laughs> Jesus, I just pray for <laughs> gravy, gravy, yeah, thick, rich. <laughs> now, now we just want the coolest names for our kids, designer names, names that no one else has uh, has ever had for their their children before. Now, parents actually Google the names that they're going to choose for their kids just to make sure that they're na- not naming them after a serial killer. That's, that's helpful. Here's the top 10 names for girls and boys in 2018. And yes, I googled this. N- the top 10th name, so the 10, I'll go 10, 9, 8, 7. Okay, so girls, Isabella, then Mia, Aria, Isla, Ava, Emily... Lily, Amelia, Sophia, and Olivia. Boys, it was Oscar, Freddie, Alfie, Jacob, Charlie, Noah, George, Jack, Harry, and the number one boy name was Olivia. Oh, sorry, Oliver. 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 I reckon the boys' names right there, they could be a member of the royal family. I mean, that's how many names that they have in there, so... In biblical times, okay, uh, names or again were given to people and places for a lot of reasons, and it, it had meaning. Often uh, the, the names uh, uh, were given uh, related to the birth of a child or, or something that related to a physical trait of the child. So as an example of that, Esau, or Esau, whatever his name, how do you, how do you say that? Uh, Esau, it means hairy, okay? So when he's born, there's this hairy kid that comes out, and his parents look at him and say, Yep, he's hairy. Why don't we call him Harry? So let's call him Esau. That's how Esau got his name. Okay? 
his twin brother, Jacob, was hanging onto the heel of Esau as he's being born. Okay, so they decided to call him Jacob, which means heel catcher. It's true. This is absolutely true. Okay. How about this? In the Old Testament, there's a lady who's pregnant, okay? And at the time that she gives birth to her child, the Ark of the Covenant is stolen, okay? So when he's born, they named him Ichabod, which means the glory's departed. So how would you meet? You know, you get Samuel come round to play at your, you know, he brings a friend round to your house to play and his name's Ichabod. Hey, hey, good to see you, glory's departed. How are you? You know, it's just like... Have a bit of fun with that. Today is Father's Day, and we want to talk about one of the most important names of all that I think that uh, we could talk about in relation to God. And you might ask maybe, you know, why is it that uh, we want to do that? You know, why would we want to talk uh, and ask uh, uh, how we would view God as a father? Because I think that the answer is right throughout the Bible that we find God has been portrayed as a father. We see that God's been portrayed right throughout. However, surprisingly enough, you'll find that it's quite rare in the Old Testament for God to be called a father. In Deuteronomy 32 verse 6, he's referred to as the nation, uh, the father of the nation of Israel. In Isaiah 63 verse 16, it says that you are the, our father. Though Abraham does not know us or Israel acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father. Our redeemer from of old is your name. He's also referred to as um, the father of certain individuals. So in Psalm 68 verse 5, he is the father to the fatherless. And also the uh, defender of widows. Uh, We also see that sometimes the father imagery is present, though the term father is not used. As an example, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 31, it says, You saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. So the imagery is there that though he's not been called a father, he has the traits or the characteristics of a father. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So the term for father being called, for God being called father, it may have been avoided in the Old Testament for any one of a huge number of reasons. But all we do know is this that God's spoken of as a father only 15 times in the Old Testament. That's an an incredible number when you start to think about it. In the New Testament times, everything changes because Jesus shows up and he makes the fatherhood of God a focus point of what he does whilst he's here on the earth. Everything becomes about the father and we see that father was Jesus' favorite term in really talking about God. Jesus spoke of God using the word father 65 times in the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and over 100 times in the book of John. He refers to God as being father. So there's a number of things that we can take from this. There's a number of ways that we can see that the, the uniqueness of Jesus' teaching on the Father. And number one is that the intimacy of the word Abba 
Father. Abba, Father. So Jesus uses uh, Abba as a designation for God. It, it involves the, the intimacy of the term. Abba is the most intimate form of God's name, showing his character as a loving father. In Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 16 out of the Passion, Passion Translation, it says, But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us... Our spirits join with him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Abba, father, beloved father. Paul says to the church in Rome. In Galatians 4 verse 6, out of the Passion Translation again, it says, And so that we know for sure that we are his true children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, My Father, you're our true Father. He's the one who can be fully trusted, the one who we can lean on, the one who cares about all that concerns us. And just as God's... uh, Just as a godly father's presence in our daily lives is one of protection, security, and unconditional love, the constant presence of our heavenly father is what gives us the strength and covering that we need for life's journey through life. Abba was a term that children used when they addressed their father in the days of old. Whether we choose to think of God as God or more intimately as our beloved Father really depends upon our revelation of Him in those terms. However we do, however we talk about Him, the idea is not to choose a spectacular name or a special name for Him. The idea is that we develop intimacy with Him and that we draw closer to Him as our Father. Secondly, The proportional use of the term father is another unique aspect of Jesus' teaching about the fatherhood of God. See, Jesus' frequency of using the word father to describe or talk about God is out of all proportion to what we find elsewhere in the Old Testament or Jewish literature. 165 plus times in the four Gospels compared with only 15 in the entire Old Testament. It wasn't just a way that Jesus taught his disciples to address God, it was the way that he taught them to address God. They were to pray, Father, hallowed be your name in Luke 11 verse 2. See, it's it's why Greek-speaking Gentile churches in Galatia and Rome kept calling God Abba. They used this foreign title for God because Jesus used it and he taught his followers to do the same. So today, you know, we, we need to listen to what God's saying. No, number one, it's, it's, an, it's a hugely intimate term that we use to address Father. But, you know, when we start to see the uniqueness of uh, Jesus' teaching, he used it far, far uh, as the most popular and favorite means of addressing God as Father. Thirdly, it's the personal use of the word Father. It's a personal use. It should be pointed out that although Jesus addressed God as Father and taught his disciples to do the same, he never referred to God as our Father. Now you might be thinking, well, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, This is then how you should pray, our Father in heaven. 
Well, that's, th- this verse isn't an exception either. Because Jesus is teaching his disciples how they, plural, okay, should pray. Jesus makes a distinction between my God and your God. In, in John chapter 20, verse 17, Don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended to my Father. But go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. See, Jesus refers to yours, a singular and plural, okay, and my Father, but never our Father. He's a personal God. When we, uh, Father, God is a personal God. We become his sons and daughters through a personal belief and confession, not because we belong to a Christian family or go to church. We have a personal responsibility to have a personal relationship with my Father, my God, my Father. Number four is the proliferation of the word Father. The proliferation, that means it's lots. Because of Jesus' use of the word Father, it's not surprising that the rest of the New Testament also emphasizes the fatherhood of God. In the letters uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote, God is described as Father over 40 times. It occurs in blessings. In Romans chapter 1, verse 7, it says, I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 13, it says, May, our, may, our, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. It occurs in praises. Romans fifteen six. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It occurs in thanksgivings. In 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 2 to 3, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly as we pray to our God and Father about you. We think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's in thanksgiving that we can thank God. In, in Ephesians 5, 20, it says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's this whole thing, there's so many different areas. In, it occurs in prayers. We can use the, the term Father in prayers. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 to 12, we also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so you'll have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. It occurs in creeds. We have the Apostles' Creed. The, uh, I think that we, um, there's a song that we sing, um, the Apostles' Creed. Uh, sorry? I believe. That's it. I knew it was something like that. So it occurs in those. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6 says, We know that there's only one God, the Father who created everything, and we live for him. In Ephesians 4 verses 5 to 6, it says, There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father, who's over all and in all and living through all. So we can see that the, the, the use of the word or the term father is rife right throughout the New Testament through the teachings of both Jesus and the Apostle Paul. And we can see that today there's an encouragement for, uh, to us to likewise relate to God as a father, to relate to him as a loving father, as a beloved father. As a father who's going to care for us so much better than some of our own earthly fathers have done. 
And my encouragement to us is this, that in the, the ways that we relate to Father God, don't think of him in the terms of our own earthly fathers. Because sometimes we can paint God with the brush with which we understand how our own earthly father is shaped. If we feel and have had a relationship with our earthly father that's been strained, it's been tense, it's been alienated, we've been, have a, we have a distant, uh, non-existent father, we have an abusive father, any time we do anything wrong that we are punished, we sometimes take those traits that we have experienced in our own earthly father and we give those same traits to our godly father and he's nothing like our earthly fathers. I love my father. And I know that my relationship, my own earthly father, it hasn't been the best. It's getting better, praise God. Like I shared just a few weeks ago how uh, I just sat down with my father and had one of the most engaging and deep conversations with my father that I've ever had in my adult life. So the thing is, though, I don't paint God the father with the the brush that I know uh, things in my own earthly father. My dad's great at so many different things. My father, when we were growing up, growing up, growing up, growing up, I mean, one of the greatest memories I have of him is making stilts, like pieces of wood with a little block out the side there, and you used to put your foot up on the block, and then you walk around with the stilts. You remember those? My father painted those. And not only just put them together, he painted them as well. And this was for Christmas. And I remember hearing the, the saw going out in our back garden. And you know, my father was great with his hands, incredibly gifted with his hands. He, he, you know, the story, I could go on, but I won't. Just so, so what I'm saying is this. There is good things and there's bad things about our dads or things that they could improve. Don't, either with the good or the bad, paint the father in those same terms. Because the Father is always good. He is always loving. He's always present. He's always going to be there for us. He says in his word, he's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. He's not a distant Father. He's never going to be like that. So we understand that. There's also the uniqueness of Jesus' teaching is that God's place as a Father. See, For Paul, God's place as father is not based so much on his role in creation, though that may form part of it, but rather on the redemption and the reconciliation that God the Father made through his son Jesus. And I love what what Haley shared over communion, that we see these attributes of the father, but the only way that those things can come about was because uh, of and knowing the Father was because of what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection as our Lord and Savior. It says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. You see, it's, it's through the work of Christ that God invites us to call him Abba Father. It's through Christ that grace and peace have resulted and we've become God's children when we choose to believe and confess God as our Lord and Savior in those terms. Romans 8 verses 14 to 15 says this, 
For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. And now we call Him Abba Father. See, a lot of us, we didn't get to choose who our dad was going to be. But our Father, Heavenly Father, chose who His sons and daughters are going to be. He loves all the world. He is willing that none should perish. He's made available to every single person throughout all generations one sacrifice for all time. And his name is Jesus. And when we choose to, to believe in what Jesus has done, the Father says, I choose you. I'm making available to you. Everything that I have. In 1 John 3 verse 1 it says, See how very much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. So here's the question. And it's a good question. What did God the Father do to make us a child of God? What did God do? To make us a child of God. And the answer is in Galatians 4 verses 4 to 6. For when at the right time came, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. So that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba Father. We're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are His, we can access everything our Father has, for we are one with Christ Jesus. You know, the, the thing that struck me between the three uses of the word Abba Father in the New Testament, in, Ma in Mark chapter 14... In, in Romans chapter 8 and then in Galatians chapter 4, it's the term call out, that we cry out, Abba, Father. This, this particular phrase grabbed me when I, I read it. Because in, in Romans and in Galatians, it tells us to cry out. But Jesus in Mark chapter 14, he's in the garden of Gethsemane and he models what it's like to cry out to God the Father. See, the Greek word for this cry out, it talks about like a raven screeches. You know, you, you hear the, uh, the, the um, sulfur-crested cockatoos everywhere. Like, you know that they're in the neighborhood, okay? They are a loud, screeching bird, and you have no illusion. You can identify the actual make and probably the registration number of the bird, based upon its actual crying out, okay? And this is what God, God is, is, is calling to us. He's saying, cry out to me. Make it a unique call. Make it a loud call. Make it something that you can cry out, Abba, Father, because of all that Christ has done for us, we can recognize that we can never do that for ourselves. I can never live up to the terms and conditions of the letter of the law. 
Never. Not, not a single person who lived on the face of the earth could ever fulfill the requirements of the law. Jesus had to come and to do that on our behalf because he was born at a certain time. He was sent of, his, uh, of God the Father. He was born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who are slaves to the law. How many of us, we, 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 we're forever trying to, and when we, we stuff up, when we make a mistake, we, we sin, we do the wrong thing, we feel this incredible guilt because we think that we are uh, in, in subject of punishment. There's a, a retribution that's going to be taking place against us. And we think that because we've, we've sinned in some way against God that we have to make it up to Him. I've got to tithe more. I've got to read my Bible more. I've got to go to church more. I've got to praise and worship more. I've got to buy more CDs and stuff like that. I've got to do we think that we've got to make it up to God. And God said, it's already been made up. It's all, the, the price of the sin's already been made up. Our, our, our past, our present, and our future sins all been covered by Jesus. All we need to do is simply say, God, I, I'm sorry I, I did that, but Lord, I thank you that I am the righteousness of Christ. That's what his grace has done. That's why we can cry out, Abba, Father, beloved Father, I thank you for what you've done. You've set me free from the punishment of sin and death. And now I have life evermore because of what Christ has done. For me, that, that deserves a cry out, oh, Father, beloved Father, I thank you so much for what you've accomplished on my behalf. I thank you for the freedom and the liberty that you've given to me. I don't have to live that way. I want to live your way. And I thank you that your spirit empowers me to live in the way that you're calling me to live. And if I mess up, Lord God, you've got that covered too. Because the blood of Jesus washes away all of my sin. This is why he's Abba, Father. I can cry out, God, my God, I love you. I worship you. That's why I can come to church on a Sunday morning or a Monday morning. I can have my own church in my own living room. and I can cry out, God, my Father, I love you. I worship you because of all that you've done on my behalf. I love God. He's done so much. And I know that you guys do too. You wouldn't be here if you didn't love God. You wouldn't be in this atmosphere, in this place, if you didn't have some sort of a feeling, a response to God for the things that he's done in your life, for the liberty that he's purchased for you. This is the God that we serve. He's not an overbearing ogre. He's not someone who, who's uh, d just uh, disciplinarian and stuff like that. Now, it, the Bible does say that he disciplines those he loves. Why? Because he wants to protect us. The things that harm us. He does that. That's, that's the goodness of God at work. It's even more reason that we can cry out, Abba, Father. Oh, don't you love him, church? His sacrifice was sufficient to pay for every single sin. Because Jesus died and then rose from the grave, we now have the free access to the Father. We are reconciled to him, and that's why we can cry out, Abba, Father, a term of intimacy and love that expresses our hearts of gratitude and love for all that he has done. We can approach God the Father as kids. We can run into his presence in complete acceptance. 
I love it when, when our grandkids come over. Uh, we had our grandkids come over yesterday. Uh, my son Nathan had brought his children. Naomi brought uh, her children over. And without fail, all of the kids, they run up to you and they, they wrap their arms around you. Like yesterday for, for Father's Day, to celebrate Father's Day with me. It was so good to be embraced unconditionally by all of the grandchildren. It was such, such it made my heart just melt and, and you know, you feel, whoa. My, there's some kids that love me. They make a difference. And I wonder how fa- the father, the father just thinks, my kids love me. And we can run into his, his, his presence. We can run into his throne room and leap up onto the throne of grace and sit on daddy's knee and, and, and just enjoy his, his, his strength and his, and his love. And I, It's your revelation of how you call him. Is he God? Is he father? What's your revelation of father today? What's your, re- what's your understanding of, the, is he got a big stick ready to, to bash you when you, you, know, you do something wrong? He hasn't got the big stick. The full wrath of God was taken out on the person of Jesus. It says, we're now no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, we can access everything our father has. For we are one with Christ Jesus. What do you need today? What do you need today? Do you need acceptance? Do you need affirmation? Do you just need to hear the Father's voice and saying, I love you. Do you need finance today? Do you need healing today? Do you need restoration do you need your family to be touched and, and drawn to God and all the things that he's done and accomplished for us on our behalf? What is it that you need from God? Because it's freely available today. There are no restrictions for the people of God, the sons and daughters of God. We simply come in faith, knowing that I have everything that my father has made available to me because of Jesus. Jesus has laid a hold of it for us. What do you need this morning from God the Father? What is it that you need from God the Father this morning? What is it that you need this morning from God the Father? What is it that you need this morning from God the Father? Let's stand. If I could uh, ever encourage you to ever memorize a passage of Scripture, it would be Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. For when at the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were the slaves to law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, to cry out, Abba, Father. 
Now we are no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, I, we can access everything our Father has, for we are one with Jesus Christ. When you memorize that, don't say the we's and ours. Read it like this. For when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for me, who was a slave to the law, so that he could adopt me as his very own child. And because I am his child, God has sent the spirit of his son into my heart, prompting me to call out, Abba, Father. I am no longer living like a slave under the law, but I enjoy being God's very own son. And because I am his, I can access everything that my father has for me, for I am one with Jesus Christ. If you ever felt that you didn't know what it was like to to walk in complete acceptance and in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with the presence of God the Father, This scripture could be the very bedrock upon which you might move forward in life from this moment. Making this a personal declaration of your life, of what God the Father, Abba Father has done for you. And whenever you need anything from God the Father, you know because this is in your heart, it's a part of who you are, it's become a part of your DNA, you've retrained your brain, your your thinking, you've renewed your mind according to the Word of God, you know that everything that you need, you have access to because of what Jesus has done for you. If there's ever a scripture that I could encourage you to, to memorize, and to have on the inside, you don't need a card then to, to write that down and stick it in your pocket. You might use that to start to memorize it. But when it's on the inside, nothing can take that from you. No devil in hell, no sickness, no bank manager, nothing can take that from you. Because it's on the inside. Christ is living in me by his word. What do you need today from Father? What do you need today from Father? What do you need today from Father? Is it an an end to what you're going through? Like you're seeing a bad season in work? Lack of work? Is it the, the doctor's given a further bad report? What is it this morning? Because he's already made it available, the answer. The, the provision that you need is in Christ. Heavenly Father, I'm, I'm, I was going to pray, but I think it would be good for you. For you to articulate, knowing that this is the Word of God. What would you ask Father for? I'm not going to ask on your behalf. Right now, just let's just take a moment. Just, just between you and God, verbalize, God, my Father, Abba Father, I ask you for reconciliation in my family. I'm going to pray my personal prayer, and you, you do that too. Maybe right now, just lift up your hands and just say, God, I ask you. Heavenly Father, I pray for my family. I pray that they'd come to know you. I pray that you'd send people along their, their way.
that would reveal the true love and grace and mercy of Christ alone to them. I pray, Father, that they would be born again. I pray for the reconciliation of my family. I pray, Lord God, for your provision. I pray, Lord God, for strength. I pray, Lord God, for all that you have for me. To walk in the fullness of your spirit. To walk in greater levels of intimacy with you, Father. I pray, help me to live in a way that honors you. Help me to live in a way that shines out your life. Help me to to see people saved. Help me to reach this community, Father. I ask personally, help me to see this, this community transformed by the power of your, 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 your word or transformed by the power of your spirit. God, help us to reach this community. Help us to reach our family and friends. Help us to, to see you glorified in our world. And Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' wonderful name. Just as every head's bowed and every eye's closed this morning, I don't know everybody here this morning and I wanted to to give an opportunity. Maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't know. But this morning, I want to give an opportunity. Jesus did it all so that you don't have to. He made a way to come to God the Father. He created a link, a, a supernatural, a divine exchange where we simply believe by faith in the finished work of Christ upon the cross, His burial and His resurrection. If we believe in our heart that that's true, that He died for my sin, and we confess, saying simply something like, God, I believe that You died for me. I ask You to forgive me of my sin. And I believe that You paid the penalty of my sin. Right now, I give my life to You. I want to live for You. Would You take my life? I give it to you freely, without reservation. Is there anyone this morning, you don't know Jesus, but you just feel like you need to? You just want to say, God, I need you this morning. Is there anyone? Just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it. I'd love to pray with you. I'm not saying all your problems are over, but then you're going to have help in those challenges that you face. Is there anyone this morning?